So, um, today uh, I want us to think uh, about the human condition, our human nature. We managed to, or we've managed to put a man on the moon, and yet we cannot fathom or change human nature, our own human nature. Who can address that? We are rightly encouraged to uh, think uh, by the media, it's on the news all the time, about big, big issues of the gaps between rich and poor, uh, the issues that we've just been hearing about knife crime, climate change, um, the rapid erosion of our ecosystem. But the underlying problem of all these things is our selfish nature. And everybody, everybody puts that into the too-hard-to-handle box. But that's what we're going to be talking about today. And so, Lord, as we open your word, uh, as we consider these things, we ask your Holy Spirit to come and reveal and enlighten us, to quicken our hearts so we might respond to you. May Jesus be glorified. Amen. In my day job, uh, I probably over many years have interviewed thousands of people. When you interview someone, you're trying to understand what that person is like and what they can contribute. Uh, over those years, I've honed various techniques, uh, and I just want to share one of them with you today. I asked the individual who's sitting in front of me to think through their career, think through their life, and I say, view it as a film, your film. And in a moment, I want you to start rewinding that video and to stop it at just one point, one point in time. I want you to stop the video at the most significant point, the most pivotal point moment in your life. I then get the individual to tell me about the situation and explain what was going on, uh, why this was so significant for them, and how did they respond to the situation. You see, we are all, all of us, are influenced by external factors. But it's how we respond to them that reveals something about us. Today, I want to use the same technique with Matt. Matt isn't here, uh, but he's a real person. Okay, Matt, uh, I want you to think about your career and your life. View it as a film. View it as your film. And in a moment, I want you to start rewinding the video and to stop it at just one moment in time. I want you to stop the video at the most significant point, the most pivotal moment for you. Have you stopped the video, Matt? Right, tell us about the situation. What was going on? And Matt would say something like this. I know exactly where I'll stop that video. It was the day everything changed. It was the day when nothing was the same again. 
I was up north uh, by a lake in a small village. Probably only had a population of about 1,500 people. Everybody knew everybody else. It was a fine day. I know that because I put my desk outside by the lake. In fact, most days were pretty sunny. This particular day started just like any other normal day. A few people were milling around and bustling around. To be honest, most of them didn't like me at work. In fact, that's an understatement. They didn't want anything to do with me. In fact, they hated me. Wow, that's interesting, Matt. Why was that? They thought I was a bit of a grass. You see, I was working for the people who'd invaded our country. Oh, okay, so what happened next? Well, I told you it was a normal day, but then crowds of people seemed to turn up. They were around this one guy, and I'd seen him around quite a bit. He was incredibly popular. What was absolutely crazy was that he moved away from everybody else and came over to speak to me. He chose to speak to me. That's when everything changed. Nothing was ever the same again. Right, let's just stop there with that little interview with Matt. And we're going to... Can you see that and read that? Better than me? You okay? We're just going to read through this. Uh, Listen to this. This is from Mark's Gospel. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth or table. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the Lord who were... teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors they asked his disciples why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners on hearing this Jesus said to them it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick I have come not to call the righteous but sinners Today, I want to talk about three people. The first person is Matt, or Matthew. Actually, Matthew had a couple of names. His other name was Levi. Uh, Levi was a Jewish name. He probably came from the tribe of Levi, which was a priestly tribe, and so an awful lot was expected of him. What else do we know about this guy called Matt, Matthew, Levi? His dad was called Alpheus. He was a northerner uh, from the Galilee region, a bit like our Lake District. He made a living using his head. 
um, rather than his hands. He could use a pen and could add up. He was a tax collector um, who worked for Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch of Galilee. That's the ruler of the northern part of Palestine. By association, he was seen as a collaborator with the Roman invaders. He was triply despised by folk uh, because he worked for the Romans, the invaders of Palestine. He collected taxes and probably cheated many people. And he was a religious and social outcast. Levi, or Matt, was an independent thinker. He would do what he wanted, what suited him. He wasn't bothered what anybody else wanted. Uh, Otherwise, he wouldn't have become a tax collector. His friends were other outcasts, other people you wouldn't deal with. They were other tax collectors and sinners. He was well off. Um, He took the tax collector's job so that he could get loaded. Uh, And he had done pretty well for himself with a house big enough for a large party. His main customers were fishermen. And a number of them had become followers of this Jesus. In fact, his brother was also a follower of Jesus, James, the son of Alphaeus. So I reckon he knew a fair bit about this Jesus character before this particular day we've just read about. He knew what was going on. Finally, we know on that day he became a follower of Jesus. He sought first the kingdom of God and followed King Jesus. No longer was he and his money the center of his life. He realized the purpose of life was something much, much bigger, much, much grander. He and his brother followed Jesus for three years. He saw Jesus die a criminal's death on the cross. Matt was a witness to the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. He had his life turned upside down again on the day of Pentecost. That was the day he took after the, uh, the death and resurrection of Jesus when he'd been hiding from the authorities And he began to openly and boldly preach that Jesus had risen from the dead. And it's also most likely that he was the author of Matthew's gospel. So being able to work, use a pen became useful. We don't know a lot more about Levi or Matthew. Although tradition says that he died as a martyr for his faith in Ethiopia. I also want to talk about a second person. I want to talk about Jesus. And I want to talk about Jesus from Matt's point of view. Let's rewind that video back. Beyond that day by the lake. Let's go, and that was in chapter 2 here. Let's move it back to chapter 1. Matt will have heard about a wild, radical, hairy guy called John the Baptist. 
Jay the Bee really stirred things up. He had a big following and he chose to push Jesus rather than himself. He said this, After me will come one much more powerful than I, the thong of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Last week we saw this slide, if I can move it. If not, oh, there we are. So Matthew's will, Matt will have heard um, Jesus preach with great authority. He spoke about the kingdom of God. He's called people to repent. And he uh, heard Jesus ask people, say to people, follow me and become my disciples. He will have known that some of the tough fishermen that he tried to tax started to follow Jesus. Jesus had said to two of the sets of brothers, Simon and Andrew, James and John, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. In fact, we don't know whether Levi's brother James started to follow Jesus before Matt or at the same time as Matt or after Matt. He will have heard or seen people being healed by Jesus and uh, Jesus saying to people, I forgive your sins. You see, that day was pivotal for Matt. That day, everything was turned on its head. Levi or Matt had an encounter with Jesus. We've just heard of two people who've encountered Jesus personally. What fabulous stories of Kelly and Dorita. It just touched you when you heard of how they'd encountered Jesus. But you know what? They didn't encounter Jesus. Jesus encountered them. And that's what happened to Matt that day. Yeah, it wasn't Matt who said, I've met Jesus for the first time. Jesus came out of his way and went over to Matt, to Levi, when nobody else was, when nobody else was interested. And Jesus encountered them. You see, that day, Jesus said, this is the day, Matt, you're to follow me. And there came a time uh, for, for uh, Kelly and for Dorita when Jesus said, now's the day to follow me. You've heard what I've said about the kingdom of God. You've seen demonstrations of the kingdom of God. We've just heard. They've seen demonstrations of what God has done in their lives. Matt had seen demonstrations of what God had done. And that day, Jesus said, follow me. God's called, don't delay. And he followed, and what happened next? What happened next, uh, we read in, uh, in that passage. What Jesus did was go right into Levi's house, right into the middle of his life, right into where he was, exactly where he was. He came to Levi's house with Levi's friends. And Jesus was totally comfortable with that situation. With tax collectors and sinners. And Jesus is totally comfortable with our situation, with your situation, at work or at home. Whatever it's like, Jesus is not shocked. Jesus is not surprised. 
And the scribes and Pharisees were saying, why on earth uh, is he going to mix with these people? Well, that's what Jesus does. Other people would have said, uh, these people that Levi's dealing with are the scum of the earth. But not for Jesus. Why? Because he knows that he were created by his father. They know, he knew that they were brothers and sisters, that they were sons and daughters of God, but they'd lost their birthright. They were lost, but now could be found. The religious leaders criticized uh, Jesus for eating with, uh, with sinners and tax collectors. And this is just the most amazing verse. And the one thing I want you to think about, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick I have come not to call the righteous but sinners what does that mean it basically means this if you're not a sinner then you don't need Jesus if you are then you definitely need him and this word sinner is just such a a funny uncomfortable word what earth does it mean? It's not a word we go around uh, talking about. Uh, somebody has just been, a famous rugby player has just been texting some of these things and they've been totally lambasted in the media for it. But what's this mean? Well, interestingly, if you think of the word sin, S-I-N, the, the middle or the center of that word is I. And that's what sin's about. It's about I being at the center. It's not about just individual deeds or thoughts that are bad. It's actually something even more fundamental than that. It's about uh, running your own life, putting I at the center. We are created to bow before our creator, not the created. Most people, everybody worships something, Everybody worships something. Everybody has something first in their lives. But most people are worshipping things that are created. We are called to worship the creator. We've usurped or taken over God's place in our lives. And Jesus says, follow me. Put me at the center of your life. Other philosophies and religions say follow this path this is the right way to go follow this path you know what Jesus does he says follow me he doesn't say follow a code uh, of behavior uh, a way of thinking he says follow me because being a Christian is about a relationship and it's about following him nobody else says that and he says this because he is Jesus Christ. What's the word mean? Christ? It means king. Christ means Christos. Uh, in the Greek, simply means anointed one. The one who is king. And so Jesus, we're to follow Jesus, the king. So being a Christian is about relationship. And we've just heard two lovely stories. You know what? It isn't, a, and there's lovely things that you said about City Hope and everything else, but what it's all about is being, following Jesus, having that friendship with Jesus. We've heard that life is not straightforward, 
Life doesn't just flick over. It's not magic dust. But it's knowing that Jesus is with us uh, and our Savior. We started uh, talking about how we can't change human nature. Well, the Bible talks about the possibility of a new nature, of becoming a new person. And St. Paul put it this way. He says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Brand new. When we ask, when we start to follow Jesus, we become brand new. Levi that day became brand new. Uh, The two stories we've heard today, when those uh, ladies followed Jesus, they came brand new. When that happens, everything changes just as it did for Levi. I said it was about three people. We spoke about Levi or Matt. We spoke about Jesus. And the third person is about you. Where are you in the story? Are you like the Pharisees who said, uh, I'm okay. Um, I'm not the problem. It's others. I don't need forgiveness. I don't need Jesus. When Jesus sees this attitude, do you know what he says? He says, it's not the healthy who need a doctor but the sick. I've come not to call the righteous, but sinners. Or are you like Levi, who recognized that he put himself first in his life, who recognized that Jesus was king uh, and uh, he should follow Jesus, who that day submitted to the kingship of Jesus and let his life be turned upside down, but the right way round. You may even feel you don't fit in, just like Levi. You may say, I don't fit in. Everybody else uh, uh, fits in. I feel a bit of an outcast. And certainly I don't feel uh, uh, the religious type, whatever that is. Jesus didn't say to Levi, Levi, uh, you've got to change before you come to me. No, Levi, um, you come as you are. He he didn't say to Levi, what you need to do is go and sort your life out. No, he said, come and follow me. And once more, I come directly into your life, into your home, into your situation, where the people you're with, I'm coming. Are you willing to let Jesus come into your life? Where you are, as you are? Because then, he begins to change us. Then he begins to turn things around and upside down. What does it mean to follow Jesus? How do you actually become a follower of Jesus? I've got a small booklet here. Um, It's called Knowing God Personally. Uh, That's what a Christian is. Someone who knows God personally. Knowing God personally for yourself and putting Jesus in the driving seat. The booklet outlines four points 
uh, how you can enter into a personal relationship with Jesus and experience life for which you were created. I'm just going to go through the four points. Point one, God loves you and created you to know him personally. That's the purpose of life. To know that there's a plan way beyond uh, uh, what we can imagine. That God loves us and created us to know him personally. Point two, we're separated from God by our sin. We're cut off from God by our sin. You know, the sun's always there, but we can't see it often in England because there's something in between called clouds. And uh, God's always there, but you know what? We're, we're cut off because our sin cuts us off from God so that we can't know him or experience him. That's what sin does. Sin, first and foremost, it, what it does is it cuts us off from our creator. Then it starts to mess our life up. Sin, which is me being at the center, I being at the center, that's what sin does. And um, you can get any uh, self-help book, you can get, read or watch any blog or listen to any blog or, or, or whatever. People are trying to say, life's got to become better. I can become better. You know what? Unless that is dealt with, we're just dealing with the symptoms. We're not dealing with the problem. And, and the trouble is we can't deal with the problem. The great thing is that Jesus is God's only solution for our sin. Through him alone, we can know God and experience his love and forgiveness. Not only has God created us, not only has God given us free will to let us do what we want to do and choose what we want to choose, when we messed up, he has provided the solution, which is Jesus. And point four is this. Those facts may all be good and proper. But as you see on the top left-hand side of that little uh, uh, graphic, somebody going one way and somebody going another way. But if we put Jesus as king in our lives and we start saying, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. And so we must each respond by asking Jesus to come into our lives as king. Then we can know God personally and experience his love and forgiveness. So what's all this mean? We may be in three camps here. You may be like me and have been following Jesus for quite some time. Um, Well, what I would like you to do today is to remind yourself who Jesus is. Jesus Christ. Jesus who is King. I have a personal problem is I like to negotiate uh, on most things. And sometimes I find myself negotiating with God. Uh, and uh, forget, actually, the deal that was made when I first became a Christian was his king. I sometimes have problems with that. I am very fortunately married to a wonderful lady called Jackie, whose birthday is today. Hallelujah. <laughs> and, and what, Jesus, what Jackie says, says, when I became a Christian... I get everything over to him. It's not a choice anymore. 
And that's a lovely position to be in. I struggle most times, and I just have to say, Lord, I submit to you. Jackie made that decision, bang, done. Some of us who are deal makers struggle um, and say, Holy Spirit. So for me and for others like me, just remember, Jesus is king. Think what that means in your workplace. Think what that means in your relationships. Think that what that means when you're by yourself. Remind yourself that Jesus is king. Say afresh, Jesus, you're my king. I'm following you. This, All this may be brand new to you. Some of you may have just turned up today because friends have got baptized. Uh, and uh, it seems funny but strange. And you're just getting your head around this. Uh, and you may need to be able to go on an alpha and find out what's all this about. I know something's going on here, but I can't quite get my head around it. Uh, and so my friend Paul here and his, uh, Denise, who has just gone out, they're running alphas. And I just strongly suggest for you, get yourself, don't delay, don't ignore, walk away, but come and talk about signing up and doing an alpha, which is that opportunity. Or today is your Levi day. Or today you've heard um, God speak to you directly. It's, 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 it's just saying, follow me. And what I would say today is don't delay. Today is your Levi day. Today is your day when you can follow Jesus. I remember very clearly that day. I know exactly the time, the moment. For some people, they don't always know it in a moment. But for you today, you can know that moment when you put your trust in Jesus for the first time. If you are interested, uh, uh, and if that's for you today, I'd love you to give this booklet and talk it through with you in a little bit more detail and be able to pray with you and come and find me, uh, the guys at the front, at the end. These will be available.